From our headquarters in New York City, this is Business of Home. I'm your host, Dennis Scully. Every week, I'll be talking to leaders and innovators from all corners of the home industry. I hope you'll join me. This podcast has been sponsored by The Shade Store. The Shade Store offers designers a simplified resource for handcrafted custom window treatments. With a team of dedicated design consultants to guide you through the selection process, measure and installation professionals to ensure the perfect fit, and more than 65 showrooms to provide inspiration, interactive product displays, and easy access to more than 1,300 exclusive materials. Designers receive special discounts and trade exclusive benefits like the ability to use COM fabrics and trims. Visit theshadestore.com slash to the trade to learn more. And now, on with the show. By the time he was 32, Christophe Caillot had abandoned a promising career in mergers and acquisitions to become the managing director of Jean-Paul Gaultier. After nine years at the fashion house, he was tapped by French interior designer Christian Liègre to become the president of his namesake brand. I sat down with Christophe to talk about how the brand has evolved during his decade at the helm and how he plans to compete in an industry increasingly driven by e-commerce. Let's talk about your background a bit and and what you were doing before you came to Liege in 2009. So originally investment banking, yes, was was your was your field? Well, I had a background in uh, in finance, and okay. I started in uh, in finance, and then mergers and acquisition. Mergers and acquisitions. And uh, working mergers and acquisition have had some uh, uh, projects in the in the luxury fashion industry, home linen uh, industry, and at some points I was approached by a, a friend of mine who was a lawyer, and he had Jean-Paul Gaultier as one of his clients, okay. and he told me it was uh, 20 years ago already, and he told me, well, uh, Christophe, uh, I don't know if you know that I have Jean-Paul Gaultier as a client. He's uh, thinking about his uh, strategy and he would be probably willing in order to uh, um, uh, to continue his development to have an ally uh, in uh, his company uh, and he would probably like to sell a minority stake of his company would you be interested to to meet with him say of course i would be interested <laughs> to meet with, uh, with, 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 with jean paul gautier yeah. i was not uh, a fan of uh, fashion i knew jean paul gautier of course but i couldn't say i knew all his collection and, and right. products but the, you weren't the, wearing the, his clothes at the time not yet okay not yet okay. I learned how that to wear his clothes then. Yes. And so I met, uh, I met Jean-Paul and we got along well. And so he gave me the mandate to, uh, to, uh, to, to sell a stake of, uh, of his company. And uh, 20 years ago, everybody would like to be uh, a partner of, uh, of Jean-Paul Gaultier. So yes. th- this project was absolutely interesting. I had the opportunity to, to meet all the big groups uh, in, uh, in Europe and, and in France. There were several of them. And among these groups, there was the Hermès group. Back then, Jean-Louis Dumas who was the former uh, owner. I mean, owner family and uh, and CEO of uh, of, of Hermès, and uh, they were not exactly the same generation. Hermès was, uh, you know, very formal, accessories-driven business, yeah. whereas uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier was the crazy kid of, uh, of of fashion. And you would you would think how these these two guys and how these two brands are going to to work together? How would what, they what, 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 what is what, what is the, the idea behind that, behind that? And I remember well, finally we made the the, the deal. With Hermes, Hermes took a 35% stake in the company, and there was this press conference. And the journalist said, "But Mr. Dumas, what, what, what is? I, I don't know. What, what is the idea? What is the strategy be, be behind Hermes taking a, a stake in, a, in in Jean-Paul Gaultier?" And, and Jean, Jean-Louis Dumas said with a little smile, "I want to show that the old uh, old lady can still dance." <laughs> and, <laughs> 
It, it was actually, there was lots of other things behind that. Uh, right. But when they were together, uh, they were so different and so close because they were driven by, by creation and creativity. So I joined this uh, company. Uh, it was absolutely not planned in my career. I mean, I was doing this uh, mergers acquisition business. And at some point, uh, Jean-Paul Gauthier uh, and Jean-Louis Dumas went to see me and say when the deal was closed. Uh, and they, they asked me, Christophe, have you ever thought uh, working in fashion? I said, well, no. Uh, <laughs> would you be interested to work in fashion? I said, well, I don't know. Well, would you be interested to become the managing director of Jean-Paul Gauthier? Um, I don't, well, okay, yes. Oh, <laughs> and, what an and, incredible and opportunity. It was, I was uh, 32 years old. 32 say, years yeah, old. Yeah, I, I was not sure I would be doing merchant acquisition all my life. You know, it was an interesting job. It right. was um, very challenging. You had some very high-level contacts with um, lots of different companies. But having the chance to be part of an, uh, this kind of adventure when you had a reference shareholder joining uh, the company with uh, such a creative designer as, as uh, Jean-Paul Gauthier, I said, well, let's just try and I, and I will see. <laughs> yes. and, uh, and I was not sure I, I would be uh, uh, the, the good person to do that. But I, once again, I was 32 years old. I said, well, let's try. And if I'm not the, the good person in six months, I will be fired yeah. and, I, I will do, <laughs> and I will do something else. Yes. Yes. And it's been, uh, it's been nine years and it's been, uh, to, to be frank, the, the six first month and probably the first year uh, have been quite, uh, has been quite challenging because I, I didn't know what running a company was. You know, you, when you are working as a consultant at a high level yeah. of contacts, you have lots of certainties. I was young and I had lots of confidence in different things. So, and when people were asking me the question you asked to a managing director, how are we going to invest in the next uh, advertising campaign, Mr. Kayo said, well, I don't know. <laughs> How were you doing that in the past? Yes. <laughs> Let's what have do you been same. doing? <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I felt very, very interesting and challenging back then, it was the uh, emergence of what we were calling back then the new economy, oh, uh, the access to internet yes. 20 years ago. We, did, we didn't know exactly what was going on. And I remember the fear of all the fashion industry um, which didn't want to, to, to show too many products on the internet because they, they feared to be, to be copied. That and they, they were going to be copied. Yeah, they didn't yeah, know what would, uh, what, what would happen. There was another thing that was completely changing the fashion industry was uh, the appearance of all these big groups like Zara or uh, H&M, right. which were group-based on, yes, yeah. on a fantastic uh, supply chain organization where within a month between uh, the, the design of a product and uh, the product being in the store, that, that, could, uh, that could happen. And I remember having some discussion with Jean-Paul Gauthier back then, and it was difficult to have this kind of discussion because because he was uh, such a creative person. But at some point, I had to tell him, you know, the best product, uh, the best design, if it's presented uh, too late uh, to the market, it's worth nothing. And I remember Jean-Paul was telling me, Christophe, I've been doing this work for 30 years, so don't worry, I, I know <laughs> how to handle it. <laughs> It'll uh, be fine. It will be fine. Say, but I'm sure you know the, 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 the design and this industry better than me, but I've visited more factories, more markets than you have been visiting. I said, Jean-Paul, is changing. It is changing. And today, and uh, uh, I make the, the, the same parallel uh, with the, uh, the design and furniture industry with cycles mm. which are longer, but you can have the best design, the best products, uh, if it's not presented on time, if it's not delivered on time to your client, it's worth nothing. Uh, and, and so the, 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 the one of the most interesting uh, thing uh, I've learned uh, back then is how all these changes in industry, sometimes driven by very 
uh, low uh, products, uh, low, uh, it was low fashion, but it can be um, very average products in the furniture and design industry as well. But these changes are changing uh, really uh, highly how the, the, the way the business the business is done uh, today and you cannot just say well it's it's such a, a low product or uh, it's such not a competitor uh, to, 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 to us you really need to take into consideration and that's something I'm doing all the time now that I'm Ling Liegre uh, I'm uh, looking at all the competition and the people you would not consider are competitors to Liegre I'm looking at how they are working how they are addressing the clients how they are serving uh, the client, how they are marketing the collection, how they are accessing the new technologies in terms of information of the clients, in terms of selling the products. You, you cannot say anymore, it's not for me. You can, I don't know a company which can today say, I will never go on internet. There are different ways to use internet. Yes. But I'm, I mean, it's evolving so fast that you cannot just say, well, I'm a traditional company, I'm doing craft products, this is not for me. It is for all of us. I often sort of joke with our guests sometimes that I spend a lot of time in the D&D building and at the lobby of the D&D building is a CB2 store and they are doing an awfully good job of making that very inexpensive furniture look very appealing, especially to a, a younger audience that's, mm. that's coming up today. And we can't ignore that as an industry and we're going to talk about that mm. a little bit more. But I want to carry through after your, your time at Jean-Paul Gaultier. So at, at, at what point were you approached by uh, the, the Rothschild uh, financial group to, to see if you were interested in talking well, about the uh, Aigre? Yeah, I, actually I left uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier at the end of 2008. It was the, uh, the, 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 the crisis. We were not okay. actually too much affected uh, at, uh, with, with Jean-Paul Gaultier as well, but just after nine years, uh, uh, there were things I wanted to change. I wanted to uh, uh, to move things forward with uh, with Jean-Paul Gaultier. It was his company with uh, with Hermès, uh, and uh, there were just some uh, challenges that I knew I, I, I could not. Uh, so I said, well, it, it's been nine fantastic years, and it's time for me to do something different. And at that time, I was approached by um, uh, uh, Rothschild Private uh, Equity Fund in, uh, in in France. I knew one of the uh, of the partner, um, and we said, well, Christophe, I've seen that you had left uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier. Yes. Uh, I did and uh, so what are you doing now well now I'm not doing anything <laughs> special as a matter of fact yeah. and say well do, do you know about the uh, interior architect Christian Liegre say yeah I know Christian Liegre uh, uh, because we're we're having a look at the um, at his uh, this company and I said well it's uh, it's uh, very little uh, it's a very small Liege. company it's, right? uh, for me you know the, the image of, uh, of Liegre was the guy smoking his pipe in the attic and uh, <laughs> being just by himself and, and designing being the, the one man show and uh, so I say well it's what 10, 10 persons in the in the company I know the store in, uh, in Paris and the one in London, it told me, well, it's not such a small company. Let's let's have lunch together and discuss about uh, about it. So, okay. And so we had lunch, and uh, I fell in love in the company. Uh, on the first hand, you would say, well, what, what's the uh, uh, from from the fashion industry, Jean-Paul Gaultier to uh, uh, Christian Liegre, uh, the, the minimalism. It's another industry. Actually, that was quite close because it's uh, the similarities. They yeah, were, the similarities. Okay. okay. 
the, the similarities we were dealing about uh, companies founded by a guy and the company would uh, carry the name of the uh, of the founder who would mm. be uh, a designer so we were uh, speaking about the design uh, industry uh, so lots of uh, similarities companies that needed to to think about the, their development but they didn't exactly uh, know how to handle this uh, this development then of course the products were different and for me the most the biggest difference was the, the cycles we had this hectic cycles within the fashion industry within fashion. yeah whereas in the uh, interior architecture uh, or furniture or design industry the cycles are much longer when you imagine that uh, an interior architecture project uh, with Liegre, it's an average of four years. Uh, and uh, we delivered two years ago a project uh, which uh, took us 10 years to, uh, right? to finish for different reasons. Of course, of there course, are always some uh, some exceptions. Yes. So I started to look after this um, this uh, th- this project uh, and I was uh, finally uh, uh, Accepted by 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 Christian Liegre, uh, and I became the, the 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 president of the company in 2009. In 2009, uh, you never know when a, a founder asks someone to to take over the the, the company and ask uh, uh, another person to become the president of his own company. I didn't know how it would happen, uh, and yeah. finally, it's been the easy part of the thing. When I joined the company, Christian almost gave me is that, is that right? he said and here? Say, you know you are going to do all the things that I don't want to do uh, uh, all okay. the things so that you are going to, to right. develop please right. be my okay. guest do it yes but I don't want you to uh, to have a word on my uh, on my creation project that's my job that's not yours okay, <laughs> well, well <laughs> so it's so interesting because Holly Hunt said the very same thing oh, about she? when she was selling her company <laughs> so she talked about I wanted to give them all the headaches yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to keep all the creative part and still do everything that I yeah. was doing and that was her and that was her hope and whether or not she feels that really came to fruition I'm not sure but uh, but but that, but that is often yes. They they are happy to have you at the time. Did Rothschild buy a majority interest in the in the business? Yeah, yeah, yes. They became majority shareholders. They became majority yes, shareholders. Yes, and, which, and you became a shareholder as well. Yes, yes? so you yes, took yes. So. Okay, but you weren't a majority shareholder at the time. No, you, I was you a minority. Yeah, you no. later became. No, I'm still a minority. My, my, okay. I wish I would be the majority okay. shareholder. It's, it's, it's so, not the case. So. Right. Okay. So but at when the time I you the took com- a minority. Yeah. yeah when when I joined the company, I asked Rothschild that I wanted to uh, to become a shareholder as well, and I wanted to invest. I really trusted uh, the. The, the, the project of this of this company and I wanted to be part of it not only uh, as a as a CEO or president but also as a as a shareholder which they were very you know when a private equity firm has a manager joining a company they are very happy when the manager is ready to invest in the company yes. as well yes. which uh, which I did and you mentioned about the headaches of uh, of Holly Hunt and I had a few headaches back then because it was uh, actually it was a a, a nice uh, company with uh, uh, good turnover, good profitability. Uh, it seemed to be structured, and it was, as it's often the case in this family uh, on businesses, it was not structured at all. And the first two years, uh, I've been struggling. I had to hire uh, a CFO, and uh, we have, uh, um, before doing the development, uh, we, we felt we should have the grounds uh, of the of the house being, being built, and there was mm. no grounds. There was no... Uh, the, I mean, the, the finance uh, aspect was uh, uh, very, very weak. There was uh, almost no IT. There was no marketing. There was no at, uh, at, at Liege itself. At Liege, yeah, yes, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. was, uh, and and it was actually, I must say, it was working 
quite well. Surprisingly, <laughs> despite not having an you infrastructure, know, Christian had such a, a strong personality that, uh, but it was really a, a one-man show. There were some fantastic persons uh, in the company, yes. but they didn't have the the ability to 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 develop their their knowledge and their and their talents. So. Right, right. I, I think they they often refer to the the manager with a thousand hands, and so it's all just the one manager, but he has all these hands all over. But no one's really making the big decisions, right, or making the changes that need to to happen. Uh, I, I will go back to Holly Hands because I remember the quality of our organization, and generally speaking. I would say that the U.S. market is more demanding in terms of service compared to other markets, the yes. European or the Asian market. So we had like this kind of target. We need to be at this level of service. We need to be able to answer clients in a, a limited amount of time. We need to provide uh, the, the, the samples. We need to have the uh, uh, all the things which are absolutely obvious when you are a matured company. But you are when you are a company which was... Uh, uh, initially a design company, all these kind of, uh, of things were not obvious at all. And I realized back then that there was very important differences uh, in the background of all these companies. I realized that uh, most of the companies, especially in Europe, uh, had a background of production. All these Italian groups, uh, they were family groups doing production. Uh, they were working with outside designers sometimes dozens of outside designers. And the distribution network was very often done on with franchisees or, or distributors. Mm -hmm. uh, so they had this background of production, very strong on production, very good to develop products. Uh, and sometimes not controlling so much the, the, the distribution. They would have hundreds of distribution and all these people competing. Then you would have another model, which would be people just focusing on distribution. And it could be uh, the case in some parts of the, of the US. We have uh, several of our partners uh, uh, in the US uh, with uh, multi-brand uh, uh, distribution network uh, with a very good organization, but really focusing on distribution with a fantastic uh, service, but they would not manufacture, they would not design, and they would really focus on, uh, on distribution. Uh, and then I would say Lieb was a little bit of an exception because we were a designer, uh, not really uh, uh, focusing on production. Of course, we were uh, manufacturing, but uh, uh, with outside some suppliers and, and, and companies. Mm. Uh, we were distributing a little bit, but we had five showrooms uh, back then. Uh, so all the organization that you need to have, the marketing, uh, the service, the customer service organization, we didn't really have them. I mean, with five showrooms, that was okay. Mm. But to start a development, that was crucial, or we were completely, completely dead. And so I realized that to be really efficient, we need to borrow a little bit of the business model of the uh, Italian, uh, not only Italian, but the companies focusing on production. And we needed to borrow a lot to the companies who had been specializing in the distribution, uh, realizing that you can have the best design, you can have the best uh, product in the world. If you don't bring the product to the market with the good tools, if you are not able to answer a client, especially in the US where 95% of the customers are professionals, architects, yes. interior architect, designers, and they have to deal with their own clients. So if you are not able uh, to bring an answer sometimes within an hour uh, to, this, uh, to these clients, <laughs> then you can have the best products. It can be custom made. It can be whatever it is. Right. You are not a good company. <laughs> We're taking a quick break to remind designers about the Shade Store's trade program with special discounts starting at 20%. Designers enjoy free unlimited swatches, 
access to their exclusive designer collections, as well as COM on Roman shades, drapery, and cornices, free professional measurements, professional installation options, and expert design consultants. Let the Shade Store take custom window treatments off your to-do list. Sign up for a trade account at theshadestore.com slash to the trade. And now, back to the show. Many international companies find it very difficult to, to understand just how demanding the American market is and how high the, the expectations are, particularly in, in major markets like New York and Los Angeles and, and places where, where, where you are. And, and, and those designers are, are in your face. And, and as you say, their clients are often masters of the universe with very high expectations, and they're used to very prompt answers. And what do you mean you can't tell me when my $65,000 sectional sofa is going to arrive? They, they just have a, a, a different expectation than they do in, in, in Europe and, and, in, yeah. and in other markets. Yeah. And you have to be able to, to service that. And so, again, in a way, you were so, you were so lucky that the business had first been built at, at Holly Hunt, where luckily they understood that and they were experienced in that. Um, and we hired a fantastic staff yes. uh, in order to convey this, uh, this service. And, and still today, I mean, they are really pushing us in order to be better in every area because their clients are asking them to be, to be better, uh, to be uh, Quicker, uh, but quicker is not really quicker or cheaper is not really the. Uh, but you need to be reliable. Mm. If you announce something uh, uh, in a certain period of time, you need to be in this period of time. And we drive them crazy uh, <laughs> when, for any kind of circumstances, we are late and say, "Well, you know, it's a craft production. It's a made-to-order. Right. It's a specific uh, material." Say, well, it's not. It's not a problem. You told me it would be delivered at this date. Yes. It needs to be delivered at, at this date. And, and they're right. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's interesting mm-hmm. that, that the time uh, is, is not such a big challenge for mm-hmm. you right, right now because that, that certainly has become more and more of a challenge mm-hmm. for, for other manufacturers in this, in this industry, the expectation mm-hmm. of the, the immediacy of delivery, and, and, and we can talk about all of that. But so when you first came on board and when Rothschild first came on board with you, was there a, was there a, a, a certain deadline or a time? So often when private equity makes an investment, it's with a very specific time horizon, right? Three years often or five years was there a was there a timeline for you were there were there certain goals that you had to get to within I had a general timeline which was five to seven years to, okay. to exit and the exit uh, back then was not only Rothschild it was all the shareholders Christian included so within let's say seven years uh, the idea was to sold the, uh, the the company the other side was that within four years we should organize the artistic transition of Christian which was, I would say, the most trickiest thing to, to organize because after one year, after th- two years, after three years, then came the fourth year. And uh, it was very difficult to, to say to Christian, okay, what's, what's uh, going on now? You're, st- you, you're still you're, here. You're, you're still here. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, what, so was that incredibly challenging was it to, to get him to start to give up that, that authority? Well, actually, nobody felt confident, neither myself nor Rothschild, to say, okay, it's, it's, it, the, the time has came. And we were lucky enough that at some point, I remember after not four years, but probably five years, we had a board and we had some actually good results. 
results. And so we were all happy. And Christian arrived and said, okay, the, 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 the results are good. We are growing the business. But there is one thing that you have not started at all is to organize my transition. And I want my transition to the uh, artistic direction to be organized. That was the plan. And we were relieved. Said, oh, thank God. We won't have to, to, to ask him to think about it. Thank goodness. Okay, yes, yes. So, so he raised it. Yeah, and say, and say, okay, Christian, yeah, of course, you, you're right, you're right. Oh, my goodness, we, we, we I'm should, so we, glad we you should, brought this up. You, you should have done that before. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Say, well, and how do you see the, 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 the Yes, the how thing? do you see you that see, going, uh, Christian? You see, would, uh, would you like to, to have uh, like uh, um, an uh, HR headhunter working on that, identifying someone? Yes, or, do you have someone in yes, mind? Yes, you have someone in mind. Do, 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 do you have have someone internally do you have yes. someone and he said well actually yes uh, i have the one I have my my heirs i have someone who has I have been this uh, brilliant woman yeah I've, I've been working with her uh, for 18 years uh, she she has started just after work and she has been my uh, right arm and uh, her name was uh, frau meyer and she was already running the design studio and uh, he told us uh, i want her to 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 be the artistic director uh, uh, when when i will be uh, leaving the company and retiring and we should hire her and he also wanted uh, uh, his wife Deborah uh, to be co-artistic director on mm. another part of the of the business in order to have uh, two 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 ladies running running the business, and so uh, on the paper once again that was very easy. We we had we, we, <laughs> on we, the paper we, we, we had the two persons, yeah. and so in 2014 Frauke was uh, was appointed uh, artistic director. Mm. And I remember a discussion she had with uh, Christian saying, well, Christian, I'm, I'm very flattered and thank you for, for your confidence. And, uh, but you know, Christian, if you want me to succeed and if you want me to be the artistic director, you will need to give me your seat. Because if I'm the artistic director in a company with your name, yourself being still in the company it's but at the beginning she was telling me that christophe who am i to 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 change what christian has been building right. for right. almost uh, 30 years uh, how can i bring something different say so, you know Falker, you don't have to bring something different you are going you have been trained raised uh, formed by, by by christian you have been working on all these projects in interior architecture and in furniture but at some points, if we continue for the next 15 years to do exactly what Christian has been doing for the past mm. 25 or 30 years, we are going to become a museum. And that's not what we want. So. Exactly. So, mm. and, that, and that brings us right to, to the great big challenge mm. of, of what the next act mm. for Liège is. The first thing, when you are working in a design environment, you need to always think about bringing the modernity uh, of, of, uh, of your brand and your, and your products. You cannot just uh, sit on it uh, and look uh, like a cow, look, look at the train passing. <laughs> I mean, you, you have to reinvent your, your modernity all the time. Yeah. It's easy to say, but it's not so easy to accomplish because especially when you are in a, in a, in a brand, and I know I, I can speak about a brand, speaking of, uh, of, uh, of Liegre, when you are uh, in a brand with uh, such a strong DNA, which is uh, so well uh, identified and perceived by the, by the persons uh, around around the world, uh, taking some liberties about what we have been doing historically, it's it's a little bit challenging. And I must say that for the first two years, you know, it was very very little, and we had a fantastic chance, an opportunity, which was to find this uh, new showroom in Paris um, on the right bank um, oh. uh, opposite the Bristol Hotel Rue du Faubourg Saint-Honoré and it has been a fantastic opportunity for the team and especially for the creative team to have like uh, the ability to show where they wanted to go 
what kind of direction they wanted to take uh, for the next two three five ten years huh? so it's happy. been wonderful exposure yeah and, and so many people definitely, that have never definitely. seen the brand yeah. before can now come yeah. in and and experience it and is it is it a, a a challenge so you're you're at obviously an elevated price level so when when people do walk in off the off the street is it a, is it a challenge when they when they ask how much that sectional in the window costs do we do we have to take the time to educate them about what they're what they're really looking at so they can understand well, the, the the real thing is not so much the price and, and of course if you are outside the markets it's it's a problem but within uh, a luxury markets uh, the price is not a problem if the value perception of your products is, mm -hmm. uh, is all right and this is something we have really started to work on for the last uh, two to three years uh, is to to work very much ahead in the development of the product to be sure to be sure it's never i mean it's not an exact science uh, but to be confident that what we propose uh, to the customers uh, is at the good price uh, for the perception the value perception of, uh, of your products uh, last year we launched uh, a new sofa and we were super happy about this design of this uh, of this uh, sofa uh, so it was entered into our collection and, and put in display in several areas in the world and so i was looking at the figures and we had no orders about this sofa i said well i, I trust this is a good design why does it it doesn't need work and at some points the team told me Christoph it's just too expensive it's too expensive people do not understand so it was too expensive compared to the value the perception value of, of the clients to, to, to what it looked like exactly must have gone into exactly. the manufacturing and construction so, okay so yes. it's a mistake we removed mm -hmm. the sofa from the floor mm -hmm. and for the next six months we have been working with the uh, with the design team to not alter the design because we felt the design was okay but working with Can the factory the cost down? yes to understand yeah. and sometimes you know it's very little details uh, a certain kind of stitching and mm -hmm. you ask the the, 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 the the factory and you realize that this stitching is costing 10% of the price of your products you say, but why is that I mean if the stitching yes but we have respected your design yes but you have to understand that's the 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 visual effects, uh, it's, it's not within this uh, this stitching uh, or you know I, I remember another sofa the price of which was outrageously uh, expensive so didn't we didn't even put it in the so I, I called the factory and I said why is it so expensive I said but I mean the 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 the, the foot the bottom of the of the sofa is in a brushed a special uh, brushed uh, or sandblasted something uh, <laughs> uh, wood right. I'd say but it's recessed so nobody sits so w why should we add 20% to the global price of the sofa for, for that J just let us know I let you know. Say, okay, there is no brushed oak, or no, it, it will be just regular oak. It's recessed. Nobody sits. Yes. So, so you were able to bring the price yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And, so and to, to go back to your slightly. question, the the, the price uh, is an issue if if the, the customer has the feeling he buys something which is just outside. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, if they've just been to RH over in the meatpacking yeah. district and then they've come to you, then yeah. obviously they're not going to understand that yeah. comparison. Yeah. But, yeah. Right. But well, you know, in, in RH, I, actually, I visit. I'm always when I told you earlier that uh, I was visited the, the, the competition, and I consider uh, everybody being uh, competitors, even if they are not competing exactly in the same 
same area. So I'm, I'm visiting. Yeah. So I visited the uh, the average store, and it's not cheap. Uh, it's not cheap products. I mean, it's uh, it's quite expensive. They are less expensive than uh, than us, uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's reasonably expensive products. And I think that the gap between our products and the average products is not that huge than what I felt at the beginning when they started to develop the. Uh, their 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 business. Mm. And what do you think of their of their model and and what they're doing? I've been very much intrigued at the mm. uh, at the at the beginning. Uh, I felt, especially when I visited the first time the store in uh, in Los Angeles, uh, in the, in front of the the PDC building. I felt mm-hmm. it was very well marketed collections. I remember back then for for the little story. I checked the number of. Uh, uh, SKUR at least designed they had four beds and I think they had 65 uh, different beds uh, and I'm not speaking about the, the, the looks uh, and I realized that we only had two beds in our collection and said well maybe we have a problem if a restoration yes. hardware has 62 <laughs> maybe we don't have enough design, beds maybe we don't have enough so I, I, I felt it well very, it was very well organized uh, in terms of marketing and, and pushing it's, it's always interesting to see uh, how the others are, are working and to pushing for the extra uh, piece or, or, or accessory. Once again, I'm not speaking about the, 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 the style, which is what it is, and the right. fact right. that it's manufactured wherever it's, uh, it's, it's manufactured. But I was really intrigued by this business model. When I, I realized, and I have had no discussion with them, that it's for me an evolution in, in the, the, the actual business model where I think they have integrated the real estate parts uh, in their business model and in their value creation. Because when you're open 40,000 square feet in, I don't know, Atlanta, uh, New York, uh, Los Angeles, it's not just to sell product. You are building value uh, in building your real estate um, portfolio of, uh, of showroom uh, as well. And I think it's interesting. It's, um, and once again, you cannot just look that, oh, it's, it's not us, it's, uh, we are not competing to us. You know, it's like uh, internet. Uh, you, you cannot say, well, no, it's, it's, it's a us. force. It's, of it's, course. Yeah, it's part of the, the, the way people are buying today and, and uh, getting information today. So a- absolutely, and mm-hmm. the but the internet, as you've talked about, is also a, a major force that is obviously transforming all businesses everywhere. How is it impacting your business? How is the internet changing how you're thinking about things going forward? In terms of uh, uh, selling furniture through the through through uh, the uh, internet, mm. I'm not sure we are ready. Uh, we are ready for that because there are so many SKUs, so many possibilities, and I think that the clients they they, they really want to have the pleasure to have the the, the time to 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 customize the, the the piece and to have the the, the piece is unique for them. This is not something which is completely adequate to a, a web uh, distribution. But we are still uh, thinking, maybe not for now, but we are thinking internally the ways uh, we should approach this uh, business. And uh, hopefully within two years, we will come up with, uh, with yeah, some, some proposals. With a strategy. Uh, yeah, with around. a strategy. Uh, yeah. yeah, because once again, I think if, if people are today spending so much time on their uh, phones mm. and tablets and everything, uh, the stake for our company is to keep uh, these... Uh, very strong roots uh, into craft production, into handmade things, uh, but also to be adapted to all the means that ac- uh, that are accessible today uh, to relay the information, to uh, uh, 
probably at some point to sell uh, to sell things. You know, when you know that some uh, uh, pieces of real estate at uh, $20 million are sold through a, a cell phone. I mean, you cannot just say it's, it's yes. not for us. You can't. You can't ignore it. No business. You can. can. You cannot ignore it. So we we have we are currently working on on that. So, and uh, when it will be uh, advanced enough, I will go back and I will. You, you will tell, tell me. You, you will come where, back. Where and, where and we are? But me. it's it's interesting. Well, but I'm so interested mm. in it, mm. especially with a with a business like yours that that appears to be serving such a high level mm. of of clientele, and so I I understand much better how the internet is impacting the, the lower end of the market. So we can, we can plainly see what, what Wayfair and, and some other companies have done by building an incredible delivery infrastructure and, and, and being able to have so many SKUs on a, on a website that they can deliver quickly. But, but for, the, for the high-end market, when so many high-end designers tell me that they are coming less and less to design centers, when they are physically going to see things less and less, how are they learning about product? How are they learning about brands? And, and how are they getting out into the marketplace to experience the product that you have to offer? What, what do you hear from designers and, and how are you trying to service them differently than, than before? Well, I think that they will continue. Most of the, uh, the, the, the people are traditional customers and future customers at some point. So they will need to, to, to feel the products uh, in, the, uh, in, in the showroom, to feel the quality, to feel the comfort. I mean, there is one thing you will never be able to, uh, uh, to, to, to see through Internet is the comfort. When you sit, if the armrest is at the, the, the good uh, age, if mm-hmm. it's the good proportion, if you feel relaxed or if you feel it's, it's stiff, you need to have this uh, this contact and especially when you are dealing about not only selling furniture but selling a brand environment I'm absolutely confident that there will be room uh, for physical uh, distribution uh, showroom retail network and I'm sure it's exactly the same for all the luxury industry when you are hearing the the, the, the major uh, luxury group LVMH Caring Richemont mm-hmm. they are developing they are investing a lot of money uh, in internet but they are continuing to expand their retail network because people they need to see the products they need sometimes to to uh, to to try to uh, to try the products mm. but then the young generation even if they go into the stores they very often like to shop online uh, uh, when they are wherever they, they are at home or yes. but they, they have seen the products uh, before there is a difference between uh, all the other businesses and, and furniture when you buy a bag when you buy a, a pair of sneakers if you don't like the bag or the pair of sneakers you send it back uh, and it's not a problem uh, you can do that with a sofa uh, which can be uh, three meters long and, and weigh uh, uh, I don't know 50 or 100 kilos mm. So, yeah, I definitely think that people will continue uh, to, to stop by, by, the, by, by the showrooms and to, um, to fill them and to bring their, their clients. But maybe at the end of the day, when they, will, when they will have seen the, 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 the products, they will want to have the possibility to go uh, on Internet and to have some uh, configurators uh, and to say, OK, I, I like this uh, sofa. I would like to, to have it a sectional. Is it possible to have it uh, with uh, this length, uh, with mm. the armrest or without the armrest with this? And they will be, I'm sure, willing to have within um, instantly or within a very limited period of time a very good image of what they have imagined. 
And I think this will be the future for, uh, for, for our company to be able to continue to have a completely customized uh, approach, but in a process which will be much shorter. And, and something that the, the client will be able to be more actively involved yeah, in. Yeah. Definitely, yes, definitely, definitely. It can be fun, it, it, mm. right? And mm. and it and it can be mm. right. And it's and it's interesting to see. I, I, I've had so many designers tell me that it's it's almost a game sometimes for people to to go on these various apps and and sites mm. where you can create three D spaces mm. or you can fool around with proportions and scale, and uh, and 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 many people do seem to to enjoy it. So it it may be that may be the tool that that brings them them along. To, to better understand mm. customization. You, you mentioned Richemont, you mentioned LVMH. Uh, are, are those the brands that you look to, to, to first of all, to, to think about Liegre in that same company with those, with those brands? Is that how you like to, to position? And are those the brands you look to to, to see how they are adapting to, to a new environment? Yes. Well, the, the first thing I consider is how they build their brands and how they build the consistency of their brands. All these these companies, I, I think, are fearing uh, to have like uh, a broken a broken mirror. You know, a broken mirror. You have your image, uh, which sends back uh, fifty different images, and you don't want that. You want your image to be sent back with just one one image. So I'm always looking at at their strategy. It's very interesting to see in terms of uh, uh, in terms of communication, in terms of of uh, uh, service uh, in terms of uh, um, customer experience, uh, how they they they, they create uh, the, the the people in their store, and I'm often visiting lots of different stores. Sometimes very uh, fashionable store. There is another a new Gucci store uh, in uh, in Soho, and the the, the way they are treating the, the the clients is very very interesting. So mm. I'm looking at all these brands, not necessarily. To, to do the same uh, with Lieg, but also to see how the market is evolving and how having um, uh, a network of, of stores, uh, you, 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 you try to have uh, a consistent uh, image, how you try to have either a global uh, strategy or local strategy. I'm, I'm really fan of local strategy. I think that in a global uh, business, uh, you really need to have a, a local consideration for your customers. And, and in our industry, uh, even in the U.S., the people, the way people are buying uh, in Miami is not the same as the way people are buying in Los Angeles or in Chicago. The, the, the products that you that you use, the sizes of the house, the light that you have, the fabrics that you will use is different. So if you look at the global uh, scale, uh, if you are considering Asia, all the different countries in Asia, if you are considering Europe, Europe, you really need to have within a consistent brand image, a local approach. Uh, the service should be very, very high, but the way you deal with a Chinese customer is not the way you are do doing uh, with an American mm. or a, Euro a European customer. So there is a lot of training. And definitely, yes, when I'm traveling, I'm visiting lots of stores, not necessarily furniture stores. It can be... Uh, uh, as I mentioned, fashion, luxury, yeah. bags, a anywhere watches. where there's an experience, where exactly. there's a service level, exactly. right? And I'm also all the time trying to see how 
in terms of customer experience, how you are greeted, uh, what time? Because it's, I believe, during the first time uh, in a in a in a store uh, where you can have the, the feeling of the quality of the uh, of the brand, the, the the way people look at you, uh, even in the hotel. I'm mm. very I've always been very much interested in how the service uh, is done in the hotel. How. Uh, the client is the center of uh, of everything how you know sometimes it's just the eye contact when you are in a corridor uh, and i'm trying then to to convey that uh, uh, in our in our stores and in our showrooms uh, uh, the way you say hello to clients the way you try to 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 help or not uh, a clients it's definitely very interesting yes mm. the the d and d building could learn a great mm. deal from luxury hotels and and how no comments how, how they service and and welcome clients uh, that that is one of the challenges of, of the industry today but the expectation of service is so much higher again particularly at the level of Client yeah, you you know what I'm often telling to my uh, to my to my to my staff that today the job that we are doing is not only uh, to advise the client about about the brand, about the furniture, about the design. It's almost a conciergerie uh, brand. If one of your clients, and it happened to me, I had a client, uh, Asian client, for whom we did a beautiful uh, projects in uh, uh, in Singapore and he had an apartment in Paris and uh, he once uh, called me and said well we are going to spend two weeks in Paris during Christmas Do you have a chef and we found a chef <laughs> yep and, and that's how it's uh, how it works yes if you have and a that's client an expectation that they have of course and of course I of have course. a chef for you yeah yes we'll and, find and, you like yeah that. and if your your client a store needs a, a driver yes you will find a driver if your clients needs uh, to book a restaurant uh, yes, you will uh, do everything you, 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 you can to book the, the restaurants that nobody can book. And it's part of the thing and it's part of the client experience when yes. you are a brand at the level of Gliègre and with customers with such great expectations. So it, it, it's really to, to get better at the service and, and the design in the, in the places that you, that you are and expand slowly. Yeah. Right. But surely, and, Ameri yes. and our American team will uh, will drive us to be more and more, even more uh, professional in service uh, all and, the time. And, and, mm -hmm. and America's mm -hmm. become the biggest market for you, yes? It is. It is. And, and do you see that being the case for, for, for some time to come? Um, it still be the case for, for a few years. I expect the uh, Asian market, and especially uh, China within... Uh, Probably five five years to be as big as uh, uh, as the as the U.S. and probably the Asian market at large because we're speaking about China. But then you are, uh, you have Korea, you have uh, Hong Kong, you have Singapore, uh, you have Indonesia, you have all these uh, countries with big potential, with big uh, project and with a big appetite uh, for uh, architecture and interior architecture for. Uh, lots of years, uh, people were really spending their money on of what was visible from the outside, and more and more they want to spend money uh, on their interior and their inside, what is not necessarily visible to to the uh, to the others. So I've, uh, I'm spending quite a lot of time there uh, as well. And uh, there learning. seems to be a big shift from yeah. buying the fashion brands, right, to now buying the interior yeah, brands yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. Asia. Yeah. And these people are learning very, very fast. Mm. They are eager to, to understand and to, and to learn. So yeah, I think that within five to 10 years, there will be a, a balance uh, between uh, uh, the US or North American markets, mm -hmm. Asian markets. And uh, I mean, we still have a, a decent part of business in Europe as well. The old Europe is still working 
working the quite well. The old Europe, despite all of its <laughs> troubles, <laughs> is still important. Yeah, yes. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and and as we've talked about yeah. before, I mean, Paris is is mm. where the where the brand mm. is forever Mm-mm-mm. anchored, and uh, and now it's so beautifully showcased with your with your thank new you. location. Mm. So yes, well. Thank you so much for, for joining me, Christophe. This has been such a pleasure. Mm. My guest has been Christophe Caillot of Liègre. Thank you very much and uh, congratulations for your pronunciation. Thank you. I was <laughs> Thanks hoping I would stick the landing <laughs> on the way out and I think we did it. Woo! <laughs> Thank way you. Thank you again for joining us. The show is Business of Home and I'm Dennis Scully. If you like what you hear, please feel free to subscribe, tell a friend about the show, and most of all, leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you again to our sponsor and our producers. You can find us at businessofhome.com or on Facebook or Instagram. We'll see you next week.